Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods Extra. This extra is all about... Pumps. Psychopomps, yeah. Nerdy got there. Psychopomps. <laughs> so this is an extension of our last main episode. Are you ready? I've got two stories. One is short and the next one is longer. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. I'm a 100% science-based sceptic who experienced something I can't explain at my office in late May of this year. I need to know if there is anyone out there that's experienced an encounter like mine. Due to the pandemic, my office building that normally accommodates a 1,000-plus employees has largely been empty, save for reduced security teams, maintenance personnel, cleaning staff and a handful of mission-critical employees, of which I'm one. On May the 28th at 1.10pm, I was sitting at my desk, the lone employee at the far end of one of many large, empty, cubicle city suites. Despite the emptiness, the fluorescent lighting and outer wall windows provide a comforting brightness. The creepiness factor is supplied by the multitude of small whiteboards hanging outside cubicle entrances, all marked with the same date, March 16th, 2020, the day of evacuation. On this particular day, I was reading emails when I heard very distinct heavy footsteps 
in an almost jogging gait, approached my cubicle entrance and stopped abruptly. I looked up, expecting to see a maintenance person. Instead, there was no one there. The sound I experienced didn't match what I was not seeing. I jumped up to catch the person, thinking they turned quickly to exit the suite, after not realising I was sitting there. I looked down the aisle and saw no one, so I walked towards the exit. Suddenly, there was a noise coming from the print room a few feet ahead of me. It sounded as though someone carrying a heavy box was having trouble lifting it onto the counter and had hit the massive network printer and overhead cupboards in their attempt. I approached the doorway to the print room, ready to say hello and offer my assistance. When I got to the doorway with a smile on my face, yay, other people! I very quickly realised the room was empty, and this was the second instance of sound not matching visuals in less than a minute. I was certain in that moment that I needed assistance from security, so I backed away from the printer room and turned to leave. As I approached the cross-section of two aisles, I noticed something unusual. There was a post extending from the corner of the cubicle to the ceiling, an approximate height of 10 feet. This would not normally grab my attention, except that there are no posts in that configuration on any corner cubicles in the suite. The unusual post was not solid like the others and seemed to be composed of a density of moving holographic grayscale pixelated matter. I felt a little trepidation, but I also remember thinking, whatever this is, it's pretending to be a post and was hoping I didn't notice. At that moment, and almost as if it acknowledged it had been discovered, the tall rectangular shape transformed in motion or morphed to what I can only describe as the side profile of a tall hooded figure, whose frame commenced six inches from the ceiling and continued to the floor, again moving holographic pixelation of various degrees of grayscale, including a bent elbow and curvature of spine similar to human, except that at approximately thigh level, the pixelation became sparse and much more translucent, to the point that I could see the pattern of the carpet through the lower body. The figure remained in a static position in profile, the pronounced curvature of the cut of the hood at the neck and the extension of it in such a perpendicular, gravity-defying nature, lack of drape, held my attention. I immediately thought, It's projecting an image of something that would frighten humans. It's trying to look like the Grim Reaper. But they're probably not familiar with gravity, or their jawbone is very box-like. I know, I'm analytical that way. As soon as I processed the thought, the apparition glided forward into complete invisibility. I exited the suite and immediately reported it to security. I have since moved my equipment to a suite where two other employees work. There have been no other sightings since, although in recounting my experience, another on-site employee described having a similar sighting in the early days of the pandemic. They saw an extremely tall figure move quickly into invisibility as it came through a wall, 
crossed the hallway and glided into the opposite wall. I've googled similar extremely tall hooded figure experiences and I did find some reference to a common theme of this type of apparition sighted in abandoned buildings, usually hospitals and other buildings used in health-related fields. This checks all my boxes. For your information, it's not that I don't frighten easily or that I somehow forgot the existence of an emergency exit right across from my cubicle. I just never felt threatened at any point, despite not knowing their capabilities, beyond projection of moving images and sound. I definitely remember feeling completely fascinated during the experience. Fascination level, 150%. Fear level, 30%. Anxiety level, 10%. And now I feel compelled to find out who or what they are. And if that feeling was just me being me, or if it was projected onto me as a defence mechanism for either party's sake. I will admit that this experience consumed me at first, and I've since grown to roll with it. And yes, I was back at work the next day. I'm not at liberty to disclose my location, my employer or other identifiers. Has anyone encountered something similar Does this sound like it may be a shapeshifter or something similar to what has been witnessed on Skidmore Ranch? There's something really scary about places that are meant to be busy and they're not busy. Yeah. You know, if you go to a school out of hours... Oh, cribs cool the way like that. Yeah? When have you been there? Like mile. Right. Because one time... I went there and it was just empty. All well, those weren't properly empty, but there weren't that much people in there. Yeah. So this is like back rooms. Yeah. Because like I remember rooms. one time I was walking through the mall as well, and I found this door. It was this random door. It wasn't open, but I looked through it, and there was a wheelchair, and it just looked like the back rooms, just a long path. Mm. And there was all no lights or nothing, and it just doors and long paths here yeah, to the dark, to the back. Yeah. And it looked like the back room. And I took a video of it. I was very younger and was like, found the back room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard a story about that, something really similar, where because there are these corridors that you have in the big mouths that run sort of behind and they're hidden for people who work there, obviously. Um, And I think somebody got shut in there and they couldn't find their way out. I think it may have been somebody with dementia, quite possibly. It's places like that. It's just like an uneasy feeling. And if I was stuck there too long, I reckon I'd go and see. That's, yeah, those are the, that's the kind of feeling that you've tried to explain, isn't it, that, that frightens you? Yeah. Yeah. I know it, man. I know just that like, feeling. You know what I mean, isn't it? I do. It's like you can't really put words on it. It's obviously liminal, but like, yeah. We're actually going to do an episode on the back rooms. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because I think that'll be interesting to do about the psychology on it and stuff like that. But back to the story, empty offices. When I work on my own on a Saturday, not that I'm on my own because I'm in a, a busy shopping place, but I'm actually in the office on my own. And I heard once we have one of these um, bell, service bells that we don't use, but it's still in the office and it kept going off and nobody was there because we've got a ghost called Margaret where I work. Yeah. And I think it was her. 
And people have seen, like, my colleague Matt, who's, who's seen, like, a, a figure sort of dash by him, and he's like, he thought it was somebody stood there, um, like one of the other operatives, but there was nobody there. There is something really scary about that kind of place when it's quiet. Yeah. There's something, there's something about, oh, here as well, our area. Yeah. Because it was built in the olden times, obviously. Mm-hmm. And some of the places look older. Yeah. At certain times, it gives you a feeling like... Like, what, the potential for ghosts to be around? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Do you mean, like, the, like Bristol as a whole? Or, like, where LA. we are? Okay, yeah, I get you. It, and especially because our street um, lights go out at, like, whatever time it is, and you just plunged into complete darkness. <laughs> yeah. And when you've been there and you know what, like, all the stories, yeah, because mm. obviously there's stories as well. Mm. The woods, that's a spooky place, because everybody since they were young always said that there are two little girls murdered in there, innit? Mm. And, yeah. Yeah, there's been a few tragedies where we live yeah yeah not very pleasant right are you ready for the second story yes i am when i was 12 to 13 years old i'm 21 now my parents were going through a rough patch that would eventually lead to their divorce my mum was emotionally cheating and my dad struggled with opioid dependency. Not only was my mum cheating, she was also mad at the time. Still is, but around that time is when we noticed how crazy obsessive she would be over these childish ideas. She would obsess over celebrities and try to message them with the expectation of them reaching back. Her biggest celebrity crush at the time was Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures. What came along with her obsession with this man came her obsession with the paranormal. The search for anything paranormal was enough to throw her back into her former hobby of photography again. She took many photography classes in her life but became burnt out. One day she asked me if I wanted to go on a walk with her on our great ancestors' land. These lands were rumoured to be extremely haunted with areas that even horses would not dare to cross. A lot of these stories I refused to believe, but as expected of a curious preteen, I excitedly followed my mum along her fruitless journey to capture anything paranormal. We hiked around the woods, along trails, within areas rumoured to be haunted. All while my mum snapped her photos and periodically checked them to see if she had captured anything. Of course she hadn't. A camera only produced boring nature photos. I could tell she was getting over it, or maybe I was, so we decided to proceed to the main attraction, which was this now dilapidated house that was once home to my great-great-grandmother. There was nothing spectacular about this house, other than it was now a destroyed, nostalgic representation of my family's past. My mum shot some photos, blah, 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 boring, 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 I was beyond ready to go. Mum started scrolling through the photos. I didn't want to wait on her to review them, so I headed to the car. She jumped in soon after and seemed off, 
seemed frightened. I was like, hey, mum, what's so up? And she was just like, we gotta go. So we went. When we got home, she immediately pulled out the camera and went to show my dad the photos privately. I don't really know what they discussed at the time. My memory of that part is rather blurry. After their talk, I asked what it was all about. She reluctantly pulled out the camera and showed me. Now let me tell you, this was a pretty cheap, older, digital camera. We didn't have the money to get her the fancy cameras she had once used in her photography classes. Each photo taken had a date and a timestamp down to the exact second. There was no way possible that these photos could be tampered with or altered in any way. And besides, I was with my mum the entire time she was shooting the photos, so I knew that the timeline was accurate. We didn't see anything old or terrifying in person, but boy did we see it in these photographs. Thinking about it now, I still get shivers down my spine. I still remember the vivid details. Out of all the boring nature photographs, there were two that stood out, each shot seconds apart. In the first photo, there was an entity standing within the window of the house that we'd visited before leaving that would describe why my mum was so rushed to get out of there after the fact. In the window stood a figure that took on the form of a person, framed by the window from waist up. The figure was mostly translucent with a darkened, featureless face. It wore a pointed hood and held a scythe in one hand. The other arm extended out of the window with a finger pointed out towards us. The details were extremely vivid. I mean, we could count every individual bone in the hands and fingers. In the second photo, only seconds following according to the timestamp, the figure receded deeper into the house, its translucent, bony hand resting on the windowsill as it pushed itself away from the window. Before I continue, I know I know this sounds incredibly made up. That's the traditional description of the Grim Reaper. Yeah, it is, I realise that. I was in disbelief too at the time. And still I debated writing this story out here because of the unbelievable things that we saw. Either the first person to describe the Grim Reaper was incredibly observant of detail, or this entity formed itself into a shape that my mother and I would easily recognise and be intimidated by. I don't know, but I do know what I saw and the fear that ensued. My mum didn't feel that we should share what we saw with anybody outside the family, so in panic, she deleted the photos. I was so annoyed because I wanted to break the internet with this insane paranormal phenomena that we'd witnessed. I wanted to share the story and have people believe me. She wanted to bury it and move on. Well, she couldn't move on. We wouldn't talk about it, but we realised she was still bothered when she invested herself in the paranormal again. She continued to watch Ghost Adventures and became incredibly interested in the tools and equipment they would use, so she bought herself a voice recorder. She would carry the voice recorder around with her frequently, 
When she was alone, she would start it up and ask random questions. Many clips, many minutes of no more than her own voice, captured on the device. Eventually, she got an answer. It was still a time of great stress in our household. As I mentioned before, my parents were on the brink of divorce. They argued constantly because of my mum's new-formed odd behaviours. My mum asked, in the empty room, What's going to happen to my family? An understandable question, considering the circumstances. She left the device on while she finished up in the kitchen, bathroom. I can't remember where she was. But I do specifically remember a sink faucet turning on and the water running when I listened to the clip. As the water was running, this sombre, deep, dark, and most importantly, unrecognisable voice made its way onto the clip. It didn't sound like my brother. It didn't sound like my grandfather or any other of my relatives or any of my friends. The two words... Death. Divorce. What was to happen to my family? Death and divorce according to this deep-voiced entity. The voice still rings in my ears. I'm going to skip a lot of the details, because this post is already getting incredibly long. And though there were some smaller instances of paranormal activity preceding and following these two instances, these two are by far the most relevant and reality-shattering to me. Basically, what the voice predicted was true but in reverse order. My parents eventually got a divorce a year later. My mum moved out and my dad was heartbroken. A year after that, my dad died. He died of what was assumed to be a heart attack in the house on Christmas Eve, while my brother and I were away at our grandparents' house. An official autopsy was never done. Fast forward to today. I have sleep paralysis and have had it since my dad passed away. I don't know if my mind is playing tricks on me in association with what I saw or if it is truly the same entity that I saw. But alongside this sleep paralysis often comes hallucinations of this darkened figure and extreme feelings of doom and even dying. My mum has grown out of her obsession with the paranormal has become closer to God than ever. We no longer fear talking about what happened and do often as we both vividly remember the strange phenomena that we witnessed. But my mum seems to fear it more than I do as she has completely flipped her life around due to the fear of it. She's still a nutty, crazy and harmful person but she's changed in the way that she more strongly relies on her religion as her protector now. 
It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, the Grim Reaper is weird because there's this, there's this video as well, but it's like, it's a prank in it, but it's sad and it's like, it's just weird, yeah. Because there's this guy in the shop, mm-hmm. and obviously you've got those like monitors with the cameras on, mm-hmm. and so he could see himself and like a normal, uh, just the old bloke behind him, yeah. Yeah. And he's looked at the camera. And obviously he knew that the older bloke was behind him when he saw behind him. Mm-hmm. He looked at the camera and it was a Grim Reaper. Mm. Yeah. Yep. It was a prank in it, but he obviously he didn't know. Yeah. And you could see him standing there like... Oh, that's horrible. And he like stood there and you can see him like trying to... You could see him accept him, accepting Aww. it. And, he's, and you turn around, you turn, he turns around again. And the, and the bloke like takes off his hat like that and smiles. What was that? What prank was that on? I don't know. If you just search up the man in the Grim Reaper prank, you'll probably see it on TikTok or something. Mm, I might have a look. I don't know. That might make me a bit sad, especially with Cocker not dying that long ago. Well, it's coming up to a year now, isn't it? But I was thinking when I was reading this story, that's me. That mum is me. I get obsessive about the paranormal. You know, I get right into it, but it doesn't really make me a nutter, does it? No, I I would only, I prob I probably wouldn't be obsessed with paranormal like that unless something happened to me. Because if something happened and it's just unexplainable, that's when I'd, I I just wouldn't be able to accept that. I'd be like, no, nah, what's going on, man? Yeah, but you know, we're we're quite we're into the paranormal. I say quite. Yeah, I'm like well into it. <laughs> I'd never like properly investigate it though unless something happened to me or my family. Hmm. I think because maybe, yeah, I've experienced a lot of tragedy that, well, no, because I was always into it, but I think that probably, you know, helps me along the way. The only thing I'd do, go hunting for Samsquanch. <laughs> Samsquanch. <laughs> Sasquatch. <laughs> you know yeah. that Robert calls you Baby Squatch. <laughs> baby Squatch. Yeah, I love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed and we'll catch up with you again on Sunday. Yeah, we'll catch up with you on Sunday where we've got an episode that's focused around Ghost Month, the Chinese Ghost Festival. So we'll see you then. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.